This is Bob Palmer, and you're listening to Zone Talk by Sport Excel, where the magic of the zone is a game changer. In every episode, we dive into the lives of high performers and learn their amazing strategies so that you can take leadership of your game, your team, and your life. Today, we have Staff Sergeant Amanda Elsenboss, who spent 10 years active duty with the U.S. Army with a very special competitive U.S. Army marksmanship unit and is currently still serving in and competing with the Pennsylvania Army National Guard team. She has competed for 17 years. Her accomplishments are notable. Multiple long-range championships. Member of a record-setting four-man 1,000-yard team. Member of the record-setting six-man national trophy team. Member of the international record-setting America's Match. And I could go on. Welcome, Amanda. Hello. Hi, Bob. Now, everything I know about you is high performance. Training more than most athletes. Working out in the gym more than most athletes. Willing to take leadership roles that most athletes don't. Where did you get your drive and the passion? Bob, I think it started at a very young age. And my parents. My parents, they... They forced my sisters and I to explore different areas, whether it was sports or competitive shooting, horseback riding, skiing, being out and having to be on our own. So I had to learn at a really young age what I what I was good at and what I needed to get better at. And then I just had to piece it all together to become competitive and competition calls to me. I want to get out there. I want to keep shooting. I want to keep doing anything competitive. If it's not competitive, I probably don't want to do it. So, so who'd you model? Mom, dad, somebody else? Uh, I've, I've had a lot of models. Um, my dad at certain times. And then uh, I've had a couple of coaches who I've modeled after. And a few, a few individuals who I just saw. I saw competing. I saw doing something and said, I want, I want to be like them. I need to be like them. What obstacles did you face growing up as a young competitor? <laughs> There's definitely a lot of obstacles, especially when you are starting the sport at 13, and then you start to become a good competitor, a high-power shooter, a long-range shooter, a competitor at anything, and you show up and the adults go, oh, no, the Connecticut juniors are here. Crap. And... <laughs> At that point, you go, okay, well, I'm here. I'm here to, to win. I'm here to do what I'm going to do. And it's a bumpy road, so watch out. I'm coming at you. And you just you have to get up. You have to keep moving forward. And did that kind of, uh, those kinds of obstacles carry over into uh, as an adult competitor? As an adult competitor, there are probably even more obstacles. You'll notice that you sometimes are your biggest obstacle, and you have to get over that. You have to get over the fact that you now know you know more about a situation. You know more about a a sport that you're competing in. So you have to to realize what is important and what's not important. And then you also have outside factors of individuals who may not be your best friend or individuals who don't want you to succeed, but at the same time you're going to succeed almost to shove it back in their face and say, hey, look, look what I just did. You, you told me I couldn't and I did it. So how would you apply that strategy to put it back in their face? How would I put it back in their face? 
Yeah. What I mean, what would you do? I mean, well, that's that's an easy thing for you to say because you're you're good at it. But at some point, you must have gone. Oh, maybe. Oh, when I do this, that happens, and I become more intimidating than they're trying to be to me. Was there something you did or learned to do? Um, well, for a bit, you were extremely helpful. I used to care about what others thought about how I was shooting or what I was doing. And I would always become very self-conscious of what was happening. So I had to go through a lot of different techniques with you and Sport Excel to realize that they didn't matter, that I could see the bigger picture and get rid of all of the background noise to focus on what was important for me. I I could tune them out, but still almost know that they were there, but no longer care what they thought or what what opinions they may or may not be making of me at that time. And apparently it worked. It definitely worked. And it's, <laughs> it's something that I have to constantly work on, that soft eye, that soft softness of, okay, here's, here's the big picture. Here's everything inside of it. And I'm not going to worry about this little squirrel over here. I'm going to see the squirrel and I'm going to forget about him and move on. So some athletes trick themselves into the correct state of mind by, for example, thinking they're behind even when they're in front. Uh, do you have any strategies you use to, to, rather than protect the lead, to ignore the lead and just do what you're good at? A strategy that I actually do, I keep track of my shot number, and I don't worry about the score related to it. I just know that I have to get to 10 or 20, and I'm not going to pay attention to the value of that shot, whether it was a perfect X or if it was a 9. To me, it's just shot 1 through shot 20 to complete it so that my brain has a constant constant um, calendar that's going off a constant program of, okay, step one, step two, step three, step four, repeat without being pulled out of it. Perfect. Now, we hold our armed forces in high esteem, and, and you've been a member of the armed forces in the U.S. and, uh, and, and I uh, in, in Canada. Can you tell me about the equipment you use in your competitive sport and, uh, and how what you do is sort of furthering the, the soldier's knowledge and readiness? The majority of the competitive shooting that we do is with M16. So we have done some modifications to it to make it national match and upgraded some. But in all reality, it is exactly the same as a... M16 that you would find in the military. So we are furthering our fundamentals, our understanding of marksmanship, so that we can take that information and teach it to troops, so that whether they are downrange or they are teaching brand new privates or cadets, they're capable of setting the correct tone to make sure that that individual, that soldier, is going to be set for the rest of their life. Our knowledge is not just competition. It's, it's how, to, how to teach, how to get through to somebody, how to make them have the aha moment, while at the same time realistically saving their butt in, in the future if that, if that case ever seems to happen or has to happen. Do you have an example of uh, working with a young athlete? A young athlete? A young military soldier? Yeah, I kind of put them in the same... Uh... Uh, <laughs> 
So I've done a, a fair amount of coaching and teaching with individuals who are civilians and or in the military. And for me, I, I remember early on in my career, I was a little specialist. And at that point in time, uh, some people in the military aren't going to take advice from a female and or a specialist about shooting. Let's let's be honest. Uh, in their mind, I, I don't know anything about that. So... I worked really hard with about two two gentlemen and tried to get them to understand where their trigger trigger control was wrong. I sat there, I explained it, I showed them, and I kept reiterating what they were doing and how they needed to change it. And I remember I remember walking away and one of the guys he must he must have finally tried it because he looked at his buddy and went, "Oh my god, that worked." And at at that point they then shared the information to the people around them. So I didn't have I didn't have to reach out to everybody. I just had to make an impact on one person. And then that one person believed the information I was saying and would listen to more of my advice and understand that I wasn't lying to them. I wasn't trying to set them up for failure. I was trying to get them to succeed. And then they shared, which made more people agree, hey, Maybe this person does know what they're talking about. Wow. Well, okay. Maybe I should listen. And we we see the same thing with civilians, whether it is a, a young junior who has never shot a gun before in their life or an adult who has been shooting for 20 years. Having the ability to to understand what they may or may not be going through, you you can piece together how to make them better how to make them understand or be comfortable as a shooter. I, I shoot left-handed, and this summer we had a girl who was completely afraid of the gun. She wanted nothing to do with it, but wanted to be there. She wanted to be there. She wanted to be learning. And I actually ended up doing something completely off the books of me shooting right-handed with her squeezing the trigger so that she she didn't have the recoil. She didn't have anything that could scare her, but she was the person physically firing the rifle. So I thought that that was very cool, and she learned. And she the the next day she came out and she actually shot the match. But the first day she wanted nothing to do with with the gun. That's got to make you feel good as a coach. It was great. It it was it was a breakthrough of now you'll come back. Or if you don't come back, you you finally you took the steps. You said you said thank you. I saw the light in your eye. I saw I saw that giant aha moment of this is going to be okay. I I can do this. Now that sounds like leadership, and and uh, you've been on several team champions and championships, and and you've broken records. And what is your key consideration as a part of the team when you're not a leader? I think I think a big part, a big consideration is trying to keep the team together, trying to figure out what makes everybody tick. So for me, I, I'll sit there, I'll joke, I'll laugh, I'll figure out stupid jokes to tell somebody else to keep them where they need to be. And it's a fine line. It's a fine line of knowing, okay, we need to be serious right now and we need to focus on the task at hand compared to, hey, what can I do to take your mind off of it? What what has what's bothering you right now? How do I how do I help you 
so that we as a whole can grow and get better. And does that change any when you're the actual leader of the team? I think it definitely changes a little bit. Um, <laughs> at, that, at that point, you are in charge of everybody. So you have to be more on your game. You have to be aware of maybe not everything, but you have to be aware of a lot more so that you can react accordingly instead of potentially reacting in a negative way that then spirals an entire team out of control when if you reacted in a more positive manner or knew how your team would react, you could get such a bigger outcome from everybody. And it's it's phenomenal. When you see an entire team working together, um, the thousand-yard line record match that we shot, we shot a perfect score, 800 out of 800. Never, never been done before. And the, it was so easy. You talk to anybody on that team, Emil Prazlik, Brandon Green, Ty Cooper, myself, any of us, you, it just, it happened. We got up there, we started shooting, and by the time we knew it, we were, we were done. The match was over, and voila, perfect score. Nothing else, nothing else to say. Were you keeping each other in the zone, do you think? I think, and this was before I'd even started working with you, we, I think we were all in the zone without fully understanding that we were there. But our coach, our coach was so good at keeping everybody in the zone that I think he he spread the information onto all of us and just said, "This is where this is my bubble. You're staying in it, and that's that's going to be it." Fantastic. So, in our work together, when I was working with my contract with the U.S. Army, do you have any takeaways from that experience that? Uh, stay with you and you use in your day-to-day job? I, I do a lot of goal setting and watching, watching a DVD of where I see myself, what I see happening in my future, or if I have testing that I have to do, I've got a plan. I know when I'm going to the range. I know what I'm bringing with me. I know what I have to test, and I know the outcome that I am, I am setting for it. So at that point, I just have to make it happen. So what's, what is singular about your, your visualization process? I mean, why, why do you think it's effective? I mean, so many people say, ah, I don't do it because it, it doesn't work for me. What, how do you make it work? I think one of the biggest parts of visualization is actually believing it. So in my, in my past talking with other people who have done mental management training of some sort or have talking about the zone, read a book, figured out something online, listened to a podcast even, they, they never fully commit to it. So for me, putting all of my, all my eggs in a basket and reaching out and saying, okay, for the next year, I am going to believe you. I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do, and that's not necessarily going to be it, but I'm going to try it. I remember at the national championships, I called you up. I was lost. I I wasn't shooting where I needed to be, and you had me bouncing off of my tiptoes, spelling words backwards, and for the life of me, I had no idea why I was doing it, and at the end of it, I had no idea also why I even called you or what the what the issue was. All I know is I went back to the range the next day and 
a complete switch had been thrown. I was back where I needed to be, no questions. So for me, it's my visual visualization works because I believe it. I I put all of that. I know it will work. I I may not have believed it at the beginning, but all of my my trust and my faith say, hey, if you can see this happening, it's going to happen. So it sounds like you do it frequently and put a lot of energy into it. I'm sometimes I do it more frequently than others. I should probably start doing it more <laughs> often and and maybe up my my energy levels a little bit. Sometimes sometimes you go into something with a medium amount of energy and you'll get mediocre results out of it. So the the more that you put into it, the greater that outcome is going to be the the higher your potential is for that greatness. You like animals, cats, I understand, but also horses. What can you tell me about that competitive equestrian side of you? Uh, all right. <laughs> Before I joined the Army, I used to ride, horseback ride, uh, English hunter jumper. And then I joined the Army. I kind of set it all to the side. And almost three years ago now, I got back into riding, and it became my outlet for me to grow again for me to understand competing in a way that that wasn't my everyday job. I started going to the barn. I started setting goals for myself. I went and shot the world championships, and I came back after not riding for a month and did a show on a horse, and we, we won champion in, in all three of our events. And that's not something that, that I could have done if I, if I wasn't competitive at heart. And had a competitive knowledge to say, this is going to be my outcome. This is where we're going with this. Let's get it. <laughs> there's, there's no other option. So what, were, what one word would you use to describe winning? Oh, winning is amazing. Amazing is, is the word. It, there, there is almost no better feeling than realizing that all of your hard work, dedication, tears, sweat, all of that has finally paid off. It's just simply amazing. You described a competition to me where you thought you had won the competition, where you had won most of it, but they called you back for a shoot-off for the overall championship or something. How do you have the resilience to do that? You think your day is over and all of a sudden you're back up there. Uh, the, the day that we're speaking about was a very difficult day for me for many reasons. It was the last day of the NRA championships. I had won the long range championships and I, that meant that it was my last match, uh, while I was in the army, my last match with all of that equipment, I packed it all up. I had admitted that this was, this was the end of my time, put it all in my truck and I was ready to go and pull pits for somebody else because they still had to finish their match. And all of a sudden I walked to center line and the final match is an individual match of itself. So there was a shoot off for it. And lo and behold, my name for my relay was the match winner for that relay. At the end of the day, all four relays had now had to shoot off to figure out who was going to be the winner of that individual match. I couldn't believe it. I, 
I packed up all my stuff and now I've got to get it all back out. I already told myself I'm done. I'm never going to shoot another round out of this gun. I don't, I don't have to worry about it. I just have to clean it and we're going to move on. I, I packed up my stuff and I, I couldn't believe it, Bob. I, I said to myself, you need to go up there and shoot a hundred with nine X's out of a possible hundred with 10. And I looked at a couple of other people there and I said, all right, here we go. Let's, let's do this. I got, I literally, I have nothing to lose. I I've already won the championships. It's over. Let's, let's win this match. Also, let's put one more in the bag. I got up there and my first cider, I think was an X. My second cider was a nine out the bottom. And my scorekeeper, who was a friend, Carl, he goes, I got a little worried. (laughs) I wasn't sure what you were going to do. And then I proceeded to shoot uh, nine X's and 110 for 100 with nine X's. And at the end, I I said to myself, hey, dummy, why didn't you tell yourself you were going to shoot a 10X? (laughs) Why did you you settle for this 9X? When you could have shot even better. It, at the end of the day, it didn't matter. I, I smoked my competition. They they all came up to me and said, what what was wrong with you? How did you shoot nine X's in that? Because it was. It was a little windy. The flags were moving. Everything was happening. I got done. I finished my match. I went over to another teammate who was there who has still had to shoot his shoot off. And I told him exactly what to do. He late and I said, "Hey, this is this is what's gonna gonna help you. Watch this flag. Be prepared for this let off. Be prepared for this pickup, and shoot it fast. Get it all out of the way. Be done." And he laid down, and he also won for himself. So that that was good to be there to see myself plan it all out. Realize that, hey, it's not all over. You you've got one more thing. Put your brain on straight. Forget. Forget whatever mental issues you just had, admitting that you were done for the year, and put it all back together. How did you celebrate? Oh, man. Bob, how (laughs) did I celebrate? I I hope you did, because that's quite the accomplishment. I I don't even remember what I did. Um, Maybe I went horseback riding, or... Perfect. (laughs) I I know I went to the beach shortly thereafter, and just relaxed. So cool. I think it was probably a combination of going horseback riding, going to the beach, and of course, just ice cream, probably. I probably <laughs> had some ice cream. <laughs> one last question. Is there one tip you could give an aspiring athlete in any field? There's so many tips. Does it, does it only have to be one? <laughs> just one. Just one for now. I, I would tell any upcoming athlete or any athlete who has been doing it for years, don't ever stop. Don't give up on yourself. Don't quit. You, you're you stronger than that. You have so much more potential inside of you that you just have to unlock it. And once you unlock it, you're you're literally unstoppable. You, you can do anything that you want to at that point. And if somebody tells you, no, you can't, look them in the eye and say, hang on one second. Watch this. All right, thank you. Well, I did it. Can we can we please try again later? <laughs> Thank you so much. You're this welcome. Is, I have been moved by your brilliance in terms of competing. Well, thank you, Bob. Thank you again. 
this episode of Zone Talk by Sport Excel has ended. But be sure to subscribe and be sure to rate and review us so that we can continue to bring you the best zone and high performance content. See you on the next episode.